0: Hello and welcome, everybody. I'm Rachel.
1: I'm Peter. And this this is All for for Animals.
0: Animals. (laughs) Thank you for joining us this week. We are going to be doing another installment of our listener stories.
1: That's going to be a fun episode. Um, And obviously, I think we've said this over and over and over. Rachel, please feel free to write us any sort of um, story that you think is worth sharing. Sad, happy long or short, these stories are really what keeps us connected as a community. Oh, absolutely. uh, we honestly love to hear them. um, And we hope that you guys kind of get that same energy of relatability as well as just, you know, a fun topic to discuss. Um, So take it (laughs) away, Rachel. Let's hear our first listener story.
0: All right. So our first listener story is titled, No Good Deed Goes Unpunished. My name is Christy and you can use it. Thank you, Christy, and hello. Sorry for how long this story is, but I think the backstory is important. And she's inserted here a trigger warning for animal injury. Okay, so everybody brace yourselves, and that would be Amira also advising you to brace yourself.
1: No, that's that's Amira looking for a boyfriend right now.
0: Oh, okay. Now. She's just feeling day a and little night for the last lonely. two
1: weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it, people.
0: Yeah, it's a, a an occupational hazard.
1: <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> All
0: right. So Christy says, when I was in grade school, my family lived across the street from this super judgy and rude family that loved to make our whole street miserable. Oh, don't you just love those neighbors? We're talking <laughs> nonstop <laughs> complaints to the HOA, stealing our trash cans, and general jackassery. Why the fuck would you want to steal a trash can? What's the benefit? Oh, just
1: yeah, just to piss people off, you get those combative, miserable people on earth that'll do anything to make your day a little more difficult.
0: So it's sounding right, delightful.
1: <laughs> yeah, they also like
0: happen to have the most annoying dog ever, of course, don't they? Always, they left him outside pretty much all the time, and he did not like it. He'd be barking non stop, and somehow it never seemed to bother his family. But oh boy, did it bother everybody else in the neighborhood? He kept us awake, or I'm sorry. He kept us all awake, barking at night, and we all felt really sorry for poor Duke. One summer, Duke dug a hole under the fence and figured out how to get out of his yard whenever he felt like it. So now he was getting loose and wreaking havoc all throughout the neighborhood. Everyone was pretty scared around Duke. He was pretty standoffish and big. So usually we gave him a wide berth, and eventually he'd either wander back into his yard, or his owners would finally track him down. This happened quite a few times, and each time... The neighbors would quote-unquote fix the hole by stacking a couple of rocks inside it and call it good. But Duke loved a challenge, so he kept just moving those rocks out of the way and moseying on out of the yard like it was no big deal. Any hoozles, I love that word. <laughs> Any hoozles. One day, <laughs> there was an absolutely terrible storm. The streets were flooded, we were under a tornado watch, and tons of thunder and lightning. The neighbors had left early in the morning, and of course, they left Duke outside. When the thunder started up, he got really scared and scooched those rocks right out of the way and escaped the yard again. Oh shit, that's not going to be good. He ran around panicked for a while, but eventually he ran back to his house, only this time he couldn't get back under the fence because the hole he dug had completely flooded. So he ran to the front of the house and barked at the door. Oh my god, I feel so bad for him. I heard the poor guy freaking out and saw that he couldn't get in his house, and I decided it wasn't safe to leave him outside during a possible tornado. I ran across the street and brought him into our garage so he'd at least be out of the storm. That was so wonderful of you. Our garage has a doggy door in it, but since I didn't trust Duke around our own dogs, I locked the doggy door. I went to let our dogs outside for a quick pee in case we had to run down to the basement, but when I tried to call them back in, they weren't coming inside. We had a small yard and a really good fence, so I knew they hadn't gone anywhere, but when they wouldn't come outside, or come inside, I went out to investigate. It's a really good thing I did. Uh Uh-oh. I found our tiny pug, Tater. Oh my god, Tater! I have a client dog named Tater. Um, Cowering in the corner of our yard with Duke standing over top of her, hackles raised. My other dog, Sherman, was nervously pacing back and forth, trying to figure out how to help. I ran over and picked up Tater, shoving Duke back in the garage, only to to discover he'd completely mangled the doggy door. He'd gnawed through it so much, he actually damaged the wall around it. My goodness. And he'd only been in the garage for like 10 minutes while I let my dogs potty. He was on a mission to get to my dogs. I would say so. Like, Damn. I rushed my babies back inside and started yelling for my mom. As soon as my mom got to the back door, she passed out on the floor. When I went to set Tater down on the floor to tend to my mom, I saw that I was covered in blood from my stomach down to my bare feet. My mom faints at the sight of blood. I immediately freaked out trying to find the source and discovered Tater's front leg had a massive gash and there were stringy bits hanging out of it. Oh my goodness. Okay. I need a moment.
1: You all right there, Peter? I sure am.
0: (laughs) I grabbed a kitchen towel and wrapped her leg and cleaned myself up as best I could so that when Mom started to come to, she'd be able to drive us to the vet. I sat in the back seat of our car so Mom wouldn't be able to see the blood, and we set off on the half-hour drive to the emergency vet clinic. It felt like forever, but we finally arrived, and they rushed her straight back to get an x-ray. Luckily, no bones were broken, but the tendon in her leg had been torn straight out of her leg. Oh my god. I guess that was the stringy stuff I saw. Okay, that is bad. Tater had to have surgery, then wore a giant soft cast for months after that while she healed. It was an extremely slow and expensive process. Originally, the neighbors offered to pay the vet bills since their dog was the one who had inflicted the wounds. I mean, it's only right.
1: Right. But when we
0: brought them... Yeah, exactly. But when we brought them the first vet bill, they threatened to sue us for trespassing and quote-unquote stealing their dog. Jesus. Obviously, that lawsuit didn't wind up happening, and they didn't end up paying any of the bills, but I am happy to report that Tater healed up perfectly. She lived out the rest of her days as the happy, spunky, sassy girl she had always been. So, no good deed goes unpunished when you have really shitty neighbors with a Houdini dog who you take pity on and try to rescue from a scary storm. Wow. That was a roller coaster.
1: No, yeah, that's not.
0: I am so glad, Christy, that your pups are, are, are okay. Or, I mean, it sounds like maybe this might have been a long time ago. I'm not sure. But I'm glad that at least they healed up from this incident and that you guys are okay.
1: And hopefully that you've moved away from that, that property with those shitty neighbors. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes.
0: Nobody needs that kind of negativity Good in their Lord.
1: lives. Lord. Yeah. Jesus.
0: Okay. So our next story is called, That Time the Shop Dog Saved Me from a Robber. And this, this uh, listener would like to remain anonymous. When I was still a baby groomer, just starting out, I worked at this tiny, adorable shop in a kind of small town. The owner was the type of boss that absolutely everyone dreams of working for, and she had this scruffy little pug terrier mix named Jojo that came to work with her every day. He kind of became the shop's mascot. Now, Jojo is legit the sweetest, most mellow little dude in the world. He loves, and this is in bold, uh, all caps, everyone. (laughs) Everyone. So one day, I'm holding down the fort at the shop while the owner goes to grab some supplies, and it's a quieter afternoon. Most of our morning dogs had already been picked up, so I actually had time to sit down and eat my lunch. Well, I started to, at least. I was only a couple of bites into my sandwich when I heard the door open out front and a male voice yell, Maintenance! I greeted him at the counter with Jojo hot on my heels, and the second Jojo laid eyes on this guy, he was snarling. I have never seen this dog so much as growl before, and he was over here looking like Cujo's tiny brother. This immediately put me on edge, and I apologized to the man in our lobby, but he brushed it off. I asked the man what he was here for, and he said he had a work order to fix our plumbing. I was super confused by this, and my boss hadn't mentioned calling someone in to fix anything, but one of our faucets had been leaking lately, so I was wondering if it had maybe just slipped her mind. I was about to open the Dutch door by the front desk when Jojo started lunging. He was ready to tear this guy to shreds. It was really freaking me out at this point, and the maintenance guy was starting to look angry at Jojo. I got a bad vibe, so I just told the guy to come back tomorrow, and the owner would be able to corral Jojo a little better. The guy seemed super weird about it, but he left, and Jojo went right back to his usual self. The next day, I was watching the news while drinking my morning cup of Joe, and I saw the guy's face face flash across the screen. Holy shit. Turns out he'd been picked up by police the night before, just a few hours after I'd seen him in the grooming salon for armed robbery at a convenience store. Holy shit. I credit JoJo and his amazing animal instincts for sending that guy away and preventing another robbery. Listen to your animals, people. They know way better than us wow
1: yeah that's crazy actually let me provide everyone with a fun fact um based off this story in the united states the number one burglary and thief deterrent are obviously cameras number two is just owning a dog there is a study shown that even even owning a small breed most often will deter thieves a lot of the times thieves break in when people are sleeping at night um and just the idea that there's a dog in the house that could possibly bark that in, uh, in and of itself typically scares off potential intruders. So even if you have a two-pound Yorkie, that, that'll help deter thieves just in the fact that the animal's likely going to bark if someone sneaks through your window at midnight. So,
0: well, then I should be absolutely golden, and you, Peter, are fucked.
1: <laughs> I'm screwed. I have cameras, but I don't have a dog. So, you know what? Honestly, I feel like if someone were to break into my house, Cisco would let me know. Yeah. Because when my friends come over, of course, they know where their spares at. I'll hear Cisco. Mmm. <laughs> Like, who the hell is in my house right now? So I feel like Cisco gets the job done well enough until I have the room, time, and money for a dog.
0: He's your guard cat.
1: <laughs> and my guard cat. And my tuxedo guard cat. Yeah.
0: He's not a very good guard cat, though, because he's, he's too sweet.
1: <laughs> no, typically it's him demanding pets. So an intruder is going to yeah. break into my house and Cisco going to walk up and start grinding all over his legs asking for pets. So... <laughs> That's a Cisco way. Anyway, not to get off topic. Yeah. All
0: right. So our next story is called The Bears and the Bees. And this one, I'm going to let everybody know it was written by my mom. So hi, mom. And thanks for the story.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Rachel's mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She starts it. Living in New England had always been a dream of mine. I vividly remember seeing photographs of quaint little farms nestled in the white mountains and enveloped in a kaleidoscope of fall colors. I loved the idea of having a barn with horses and lots of dogs and cats. So you people, you all see where I got it from. I even wanted to plant a self-sustaining garden. I imagined my children, hey that's me, (laughs) playing in the fields around our little homestead. Such a bucolic setting would be an ideal place to write my first novel and watch my children learn to muck horse stalls and care for the chickens. It would be peaceful, simple, and meaningful. Ah, but it was only a dream. That is, until we were offered an opportunity to move to New Hampshire. We jumped at the chance and purchased a secluded 13-acre property hidden from view by tall birch and pine trees. It was a dream come true, sort of. Shortly after we moved in, we hung bird feeders all around our deck to attract a variety of bird species. We had double French doors with large panes of glass that opened onto the deck from our dining room and kitchen. The kids loved to watch the birds eating while they ate breakfast. From the deck, we could see the entire field behind our house, which we soon discovered was thick with wild onion plants standing more than three feet tall. We couldn't plant or build anything until we dealt with those onions. And when I tell you they were over three feet tall, let me freaking tell you. They were gargantuan and you could not walk out in the field without just like reeking of onions. (laughs) It was insane.
1: Did your eyes start watering? Would you start crying?
0: Oh my God. They were like the sweet kind of onions, so they didn't necessarily make your eyes water, but oh my god, did they smell so strong. Sure. So it was early spring, the snow was still melting, and everything was a muddy mess, so the field would have to wait. It seemed that the pesky squirrels were enjoying the bird seed and suet more than the, the birds were. So we decided to invest in squirrel-proof feeders. For a while, that seemed to work, affording us a wonderful display of different eastern species of birds. One morning, as I got my children ready for school, a black bear and her very well-fed cub wandered onto our deck and began tearing apart the brand new, quote-unquote, squirrel-proof feeders to get the seeds inside. We stood mesmerized and simultaneously terrified that only a couple panes of glass separated us from the hungry bears. The bears didn't seem bothered by us at all this time. They busied themselves with the contents of the feeders, then licked up any spilled seeds from the deck. They lingered so long that the kids were going to be late to school. We had never encountered bears like this before, so we had no clue how to get the bears to move along. We finally had to remotely honk the horn of our jeep and blast an air horn to spook the bears so that we could just leave the house. It was exhilarating to encounter the bears right on our deck until we learned that the doors separating us from those bears were never actually nailed into place. Yes, you heard that correctly. All the mama bear would have needed to do was lean on the doors, and she would have been face-to-face with us in our kitchen. Oh, jeez. Luckily for us, she was otherwise occupied. Our our children had a great story to tell their teachers and friends, as well as an ironclad excuse for being late to school.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: next spring, a much larger black bear treed her smaller cubs, her two smaller cubs, and proceeded to eat the garbage from our trash cans. I watched her from a low window along the back of our house. Due to the slope of our backyard and the position of the window, I was eye level with the large female bear. When she saw me standing very close to the window, only about six feet or so from her, she chuffed at me several times and did a mock charge toward the window to warn me to back off. I didn't need another warning. I scrambled away from the window to a safe distance where I continued to watch her tear into both a McDonald's and a Burger King bag. She then collected her cubs from the tree and disappeared into the forest behind our house, the Burger King bag still dangling from her mouth. So we can put that debate to rest. Black bears really do prefer Burger King over McDonald's.
1: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We learned something out of that, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I love telling people that I lived in New Hampshire and that there were black bears that would just come and have a friggin' party on our deck and- My dad hated it because he would, I mean, he would plunk down so much money on those squirrel-proof feeders. Not knowing that it wasn't necessarily the squirrels that we needed to worry yeah, about, no but the bears. Right. And I'm over there just giggling and thinking it's hilarious. And mom is freaking out because of, you know, bears
1: being right. on our
0: deck. And my dad is mad because of the bird feeders. And oh, my God, it was insane.
1: Yeah. Uh, the closest we ever got to anything like that is deer. We had like a deer. I remember we were playing... We had a walkout basement, and me and my siblings we were playing some mm-hmm. video game, and we just heard the loudest crash ever, in and in a a doe and her two fawns just slammed into the side of this sliding glass door we had. Holy shit. Not as scary as bears, yeah. Not as scary as bears, but like, I don't know, animals that weigh as much or more than me tend to intimidate me, <laughs> so. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say so. Right. Especially with all that shattering glass, that's just terrifying to come out of nowhere. Well,
1: and I mean, you see those videos of like deers that you know, deer that accidentally break into some sort of business or mm mm-hmm. there's clumsy awkward animals, I tell you what.
0: They really are, but they're really cute too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so my next story is actually a continuation of the original story, so it's still from my mom, and it's still set on that same property that we lived in in New Hampshire. And this one's called Ground Hornets Made Me Lose My Shirt. (laughs) 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 About a month after our first black bear encounter, I decided to mow the onions in the field. Remember, those big three-foot onions. So we could start prepping it for our new garden. They were taller than my head as I was riding along on the mower. And at times they were so thick that the mower started to choke and I would have to back up to clear the blades. I was riding along singing to myself despite the stinky onions on either side of me and then the mower hung up on something before I even realized what I hit a swarm of what I thought were bees on steroids covered my hair and were stinging me stinging me inside my clothes. I jumped off the tractor screaming and stripping my clothes off as I ran towards the house by the time I got to the house I was completely naked no shirt no shoes no modesty (laughs) i'm quite sure that our neighbors through the forest could hear me screaming thankfully though our property was private enough to prevent them from seeing me sprint naked across the field on a less private lot i might have been captured for youtube fodder (laughs) all kidding aside i was extremely grateful that i wasn't allergic to the venom the swelling wasn't severe the stings healed my pride may have been bruised, but I live to tell the tale to the delight of my children. It's remained a favorite story ever since. We didn't remain in New England for long. The fall colors were spectacular. The seafood was amazing. But the winters were long and harsh, and the black flies will absolutely eat you alive. Oh, and New England is home to very large, aggressive ground hornets. Be careful when you mow your yard.
1: Evidently, <laughs> yeah. Get the heck out of there. <laughs> I see why you moved yes. to Illinois. oh yeah
0: (laughs) well see we went from new hampshire to colorado actually oh okay but
1: night and day yeah
0: (laughs) we just kind of went all over the place yeah no kidding but yes this this story quickly became the run and strip between my brother and i and we would tell all of our friends yeah it was hilarious right all right our next story is written by let's see here uh jay hi jay it is titled how high Hey all, I'm Jay, and this is my story about Mosey. I love that name. It's adorable! Mosey is a Sheltie mix that's about nine years old and very energetic. Technically, she's my kid's dog, but myself and my partner Bob take care of her. Mosey likes to get into everything. When I say everything, I really do mean everything. She's knocked the kitchen trash over because she wanted some leftover pork chop bones, the bathroom trash to eat some tissues, and the bedroom trash to uh, chew on other things. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> so, a couple years ago, Mosey was acting strange one afternoon. And by strange, I don't mean sniffing the ass scoot marks on the carpet weird, <laughs> but licking the air <laughs> and staring off into nothing weird. <laughs> Man, that paints a picture. (laughs) (laughs) I called for my kids to ask them if they had given her any people food, and they said no. So I told them to search around the trash cans and see if she had gotten into any of them. Kitchen trash was good. Bathroom trash, good. Bedroom trash, good. So I'm starting to get worried and begin to gather my things to take Mosey to the vet. I go over to the nightstand and grab my keys, and what do I see chewed up on the floor but my damn pot brownie? Oh, no.
1: Uh Uh-oh. I then
0: proceeded to freak the fuck out and frantically Google what happens if my dog eats my pot brownie and start skimming the articles. Long story short, I grabbed some hydrogen peroxide, forced the recommended amount down my baked dog's throat, and she eventually puked it up. After about an hour and two rolls of paper towels cleaning that mess up, She finally starts to not look like she's higher than a freaking kite. (laughs) Man, you got lucky. I guess moral of the story, put your medication out of reach of kids and animals. Thank you for listening to my rambling, and I love the show. Oh, man. See, this is, I'm I'm just going to say, this is why I don't do edibles.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Right i think my reason for not doing edibles is because it takes too long to kick in yeah but um my cats would my cats would fuck around and get high if i brought home edibles i though being in vet med i've seen quite a few animals stoned out of their minds people don't know this they're at least for dogs they have thc receptors in their stomach. so like how we have to cook it or smoke it to get stoned. Oh, okay. They could just eat. They could just eat pot nugs, and they they will they their body will process it differently. So it's not like we they have to activate the cannabinoids like in humans. Okay. They could just go out and eat a marijuana plant and get stoned as hell. Oh, geez. Yes, I have seen I have seen quite a few stoned dogs in my day, and it's always <laughs> it's always uh when we're trying to help the dog, it's like we're not we're not going to get you arrested, but. Tell us what's going on. And they're always really reluctant to be like, yeah, they got into my pot oh, stash. Oh,
0: I didn't even so. think about that because it's legal here now, at least. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: I mean, when I worked in vet med, it was still illegal.
0: Okay, gotcha. So,
1: so yeah, people are pretty – it's like the vet doesn't give a shit. You know, half of them smoke to stay sane, I'm sure, anyway. It's more of uh, we need to know how much and of what. Yeah. Um, especially like those ch- the chocolate edibles. That's a double whammy because you've got the chocolate and the pot. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's what freaked me out most of all.
1: (laughs) No bueno. (laughs) Well,
0: I am glad that little Mosey is doing better now. And thank you, Jay, for that um, illuminating story.
1: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: All right. And our last story today comes from my very dear friend, Amanda. So hi, Amanda. And it is all about her beautiful pup, Rosie. So hi, Rosie. When you thought someone broke into your house but really it was just the dog that jumped through your window. So we have this beautifully annoying pity pup, Rosie, who I like to say adopted us. About a year ago, there was this pup hanging around our house. We cautiously approached her to see if she had tags and she didn't. She was also instantly bonded with my stepson. We did our due diligence at trying to find her owners, but alas, that was to no avail. She was getting along well enough with our other dog And the cat, well, that's another story. (laughs) But all was good enough. She wedged her way into our home and into our hearts, so we decided to keep her. Okay, now that you have the backstory, let's get to the real reason we're here. How Rosie made me think someone broke into our home. Rosie is crate trained, but we were trying to work toward not having to crate her while we were at work. It just kept her energy too pent up. My husband comes home for lunch every day, so we decided that we would start leaving Rosie out for little bits at a time. We thought we'd start with that time between my husband going back to work after lunch and me coming home from work. All of three and a half, maybe four hours. What could go wrong? Am I right? Well, let me tell you what went wrong. (laughs) I come home from work, walking up to the front door, tired, arms full, and needing to pee. And all I see as I approach the house is a giant hole in the window to the left of the door and glass all over my porch. I freeze mid-step and start panicking. I repetitively call my husband to tell him something is wrong. I think someone broke in and that I'm terrified to go into the house. All he said was, God damn it, I knew that was going to happen. And he proceeds to tell me that it was more than likely Rosie who broke the window and that I would be okay to go inside. Now I'm panicking for a different reason. What do you mean the dog broke the window? Is she hurt? Is Cooper, our other dog, hurt? Are either dogs still in the house or are they running amuck in the neighborhood? These are all simultaneously running through my mind as I'm trying to sidestep glass and make it inside. And mind you, I still needed to pee. I finally make my way inside and believe it or not, both dogs are both still in the house and not a single scratch is on either of them. My husband comes comes home from work early to help get things cleaned up and put in a new pane of glass. A couple of days later, we were outside when our mail carrier came. She told us that she was present when Rosie broke our window. She apologized that she had no way of informing us right away. And she also said that Rosie was just so excited to get to the treats that she was leaving for the dogs. Needless to say, she stopped leaving treats for quite some time and we stopped leaving Rosie out of her kennel when we were at work.
1: (laughs) Probably wise.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I remember when when this happened, Amanda texted me and was telling me about this. And I was like, oh, my God. Are you absolutely sure? Like, do you need to call the police? Because she and I both love listening to true crime as well. And so I was like, I would never be able to set foot back in my house unless I had, like,
1: yeah, either had my husband exactly. or the
0: police clear the house.
1: Right. <laughs> right. Oh, geez. Yeah, no, true True crime. I tell you, what, you watch those that true crime shit because you're really not safe in your own home when you watch these these shows. Oh no. and it, yeah, it definitely fucks with your head when you see. Your head goes right to the worst possible scenario.
0: Oh yeah, it makes yeah, you paranoid when You're a as true fuck. crime
1: fanatic, exactly. So <laughs> well, that's why, albeit I don't have a dog, I have cameras, and yeah, <laughs> they're working. They they serve their purpose.
0: Yes, I mean whatever works.
1: Nevertheless, hey. At least the dogs were good. At least no yeah, one's right? house got broke into, and you just replace the window, crate the dog. You're all good to go. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, and I am proud to report that Rosie is a very, very happy, boisterous, and exuberant girl, and she did not suffer any long term effects from that uh, window breaking debacle. <laughs> and and the uh, mail carrier has has recently returned to bringing treats to Rosie. <laughs>
1: Oh, nice. So everybody wins. (laughs) So
0: she didn't, yeah, she didn't have to go without too long. (laughs) Right. All righty. Well, that was all the stories I had for today. And if anybody feels like contributing some extra stories, that would be absolutely amazeballs. We need all your stories, every single one, happy, sad, or otherwise. You can send all your stories to allforanimalspodcast at gmail.com.
1: And to preface the crazy stories because i know i've heard some crazy stories out there if due to um you know comfort levels or hell even legality if you want to leave yourself anonymous that's totally fine just make sure to note that in the story yep uh, and that way we will keep everything all information is private so thanks for tuning in pet people and we will visit you guys next week with some more fun
0: all right thank you everybody